Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Sanctuary. We are back. We are going to do some Dynasty Cells, some overvalued veterans. I'm joined by a phenomenal guest today. You may know him as Wyatt. You may know him as at WyattB underscore FF on Twitter. He is co-owner at JWB Fantasy Football. He is a contributor over at DLF and of course he is an expert ranker for Fantasy Pros. Wyatt, thank you very much for coming in Fat Sanctuary. How are you doing? Doing great. I really appreciate you uh, having me on. But I'll be honest, the task here today was a little bit of a tough one for me because I am someone who tends to lean towards being into veterans more than I would say the average dynasty player because I, I definitely have the mindset of like i'm trying to win in every league i'm in unless like it's a disaster and i know that i need to rebuild i'm just one of those people who's always trying to push to win in dynasty i play in like a two-year window max normally so like picking the veterans that i want to sell was actually kind of tough well that that was the whole premise of the show was we talked i can't even remember you initially talked three four months ago about you coming on and sort of talked about <laughs> whether, whether we got you on to do some prospects and you said actually I'd, I'd rather talk about some vets and i thought well, well let's let's try and make you be negative let's try and make you a bit grumpy and and you know talk about some guys that are overvalued that you should probably be selling right now on uh and yeah it's, it's always fun when you get to be a bit horrible and a bit i feel like honestly set, it's more fun <laughs> yeah it, because everyone can sit here and say go and buy this person go and buy this person but actually being yeah. able to have a strong take and a strong opinion and say, right, let's go and sell this person is, is quite tough sometimes. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight in. I feel like it's the man of the moment. I feel like you've you've timed this well in terms of <laughs> your your first pick of someone that's overvalued. Yeah. We're talking about Alexander Matheson, if you if you didn't realize, I mean, why what takes away? What, why do you think that he's a he's a sell right now? Yeah, it was really funny that like it, when you asked me to do this and I picked Alexander first, it was like the first one that came to my head. And then right before the show, Dalvin Cook obviously <laughs> gets released. But so I think Alexander Madison is mostly an average running back, maybe a little bit above average everywhere, which is good. NFL teams like that. And that's why we've seen whenever Dalvin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison take over the backfield and just have all of the opportunities. And that's like the, I think the unfaithful thing that's been happening a lot recently is just citing these game number the splits basically of when alexander Madison starts games i mean and it is impressive you know 24 opportunities a game over 100 total yards almost a touchdown a game almost 20 ppr points per game in the games he started but that's over four seasons it's six games and he's never started more than uh one game in a row he's never started two games in a row in all this time so like i keep thinking why do we have so much faith that just because Dalvin Cook is gone, that Alexander Madison is all of a sudden going to continue. That we're, you know, we're we're in an uh, extrapolation season now with Alexander Madison. Like we we've played this game so many times with other running backs. The we they do really good limited time. Let's see what happens when they have a, you know, more opportunities. And more often than not, they do not meet the expectations that are given to them. Now, like I said, I think Alexander Madison is an above average running back everywhere. Like I think he's going to be good you know this season but i'm seeing trades of him going away and people are giving firsts for him okay i've seen more than a first for him and i will take any first for alexander madison i think it's just proper process this is someone going into his fifth nfl season um on his second contract right um He's starting to get up there in age because of that. Now, you know, Adam Harstead has done some research that, you know, age cliff is kind of wrong because 
good players stay good for longer because they're good, right? But player like Alexander Madison, I would not qualify in that section of players that continue to do really well late into their years. At least not yet, I wouldn't qualify him as that. So, yeah, like, I mean, 24, 25, even 26. If someone offered me a 26 first for Alexander Madison on my roster, I would take it just because I think it's a good process to take the first for Alexander Madison. I think if you're relying on Alexander Madison at this point, maybe your team isn't as competitive as you think it is. So I just tread lightly with Alexander Madison. Yeah, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you've said there. I think for me, he's he's a, a screaming sale, a screaming overvalued. I mean... There's been some some weird valuations flying around. I've, I've, obviously, the the big one that I think has been doing the rounds for the last two days is straight up for Tony Pollard. Oh, yeah. I take Tony Pollard every day of the week over Alexander Madison. I think I would happily, you know, you've got my trade value there on the screen. I'd happily take a second plus for Alexander Madison right now. I think mm-hmm. the thing that I think people, you talked about it in terms of that extrapolation season and taking, you know, a small sample size and saying, but when, if he gets across the whole entire season, he's going to be great. What people seem to forget, I think, with backup running backs when there's an injury to the lead back is that NFL teams go into a season with saying, right, this is this is our kind of lead back. For the, for the Vikings, it's been Dalvin Cook. Alexander Matheson is our backup, okay? If Dalvin Cook gets injured... They're not thinking, right, Alexander Matheson's now our lead back and, and our RB3 is going to be our backup. They're thinking, our oh, RB3 is probably more of a special teamer or something like that. Let's just give everything to Alexander Matheson, okay? <laughs> yeah. The Vikings aren't going to be giving Matheson 24 opportunities a game. I can I can pretty much guarantee that now, okay? Yeah, that's what he's done in, in a six-game sample size, but... I think there's going to be McBride get touches. I think Chandler's going to get touches. I mean, Kenny Nwangu is more of a special teamer, but there's a chance he might get some opportunities. And I just think that anybody who's valuing Alexander Matheson at a first is, to me, got poor poor process and poor kind of logic in terms of he's probably a one-year option, maybe two. Now, I know that he's just signed a new contract, and I've seen a few people going, oh, the Vikings have paid him. It's a two-year, seven million dollar deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not a lot of money. James Connor got more than that in one year. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this is this is backup money. They can save six hundred thousand by moving on from him next year. Like, it's 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 not massive money to go and throw a running back. That to me, I think it screams Alexander Matheson is probably one piece of the puzzle, and he's probably going to end up as a solid RB two at the end of the year. And it's like fine. I'm, you know, yeah. And then for what? for a second, I'd I'd happily pay that. But I don't think he's got any upside. I don't think he's got any future value because I think, you know, we, we've got that end of contract coming. As you said, the age is creeping up. So, yeah, if I can get any first, if I can take a second plus, I'd happily take that right now because I think that you're never going to get a better time to sell right now. And I think for any running back, if you can sell at peak value, you're, you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm with you. And it, that doesn't even get into like the offense where they have become very pass heavy. They pass to the running backs at a lower percentage than they have in the past. Now, uh, like this might just be signaled that the Vikings are saying like, we're going to pass a lot, even yeah. more than last year. And uh, they were also in, like a lot of close games last year and they still had like a high pass percentage. So, when they're playing in a tougher division now, I mean, they were obviously like a fraudulent team last year with their record. Um, if they're playing from behind, like 
how much are they passing? Is Alexander Madison a part of that? Like, how much of a part of it is he? These are, the, these are the questions you have to ask. And as you mentioned, like, yeah, he's probably like a solid RB2 this year. But what does that mean when that's when after that's done? Is he going to rise up in value much? I, I doubt it because of his age. I mean, maybe you're and maybe you're just OK with like Alexander Madison dying on your roster at that point And like as a low end RB2 for maybe next year too, like the year after. And RB2 yeah. production is replaceable. Like you can so, go and so, find yeah. RB2 production yes. week in, week out, basically off the waiver wire. Like it's yes. not difficult to kind of cobble together 10 to 15 running back points. Mm-hmm. What you want is running back once. Like yes. I don't want to, I don't want to have any capital or anything invested in a guy that I'm saying he's probably an RB2 because yes. it's, it's, it's just bad investment basically <laughs> um so we're gonna we're gonna leave alexander matterson behind we're gonna move forward to another running back that i've seen an awful lot of hype about but uh, i just can't get on board it's rashad white for me like the player don't think he's ever going to be an every down back i think he's going to be possibly on one of the worst offenses in the league would we be shocked if the Bucks fell apart this year? Would we be shocked if they became sellers at the trade deadline? You know, that Mike Evans contract could be really appealing for a contender. Maybe Chris Godwin could move. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks go into some sort of rebuild through this season. And do I really want a running back that I'm saying isn't going to get high value touches because I don't think he's going to get goal line opportunities? I think he's going to potentially lose some of the early down work because of his size profile. And I'm having to pay mid RB2 prices to go and get him. I'd, I Very much the same as Alexander Matheson. I don't think he's got the ceiling. I don't think he's got that every down workload. I don't think he's on a good enough offense to be a fantasy star. So I'm, I'm happy selling. And it feels like the hype's only going to get more as people see some clips of him catching passes in the, in the preseason and things. Are you a believer in Rashad Whitework? I want to be. Because I really liked him during uh, prospect season when he was coming out, you know, coming into the NFL. But all the points you make are correct. Like it, there's there's worry about the like heavy worry about the offense, obviously, right? Like it could be just disastrously bad. Um, and his profile, like you mentioned, he is a little bit of an awkward profile where he's like tall for a running back, so his BMI is a little bit low. So like you said, he's not really a big running back, even though he's kind of big in general for running back. He's like more slender. He also runs kind of upright. So, which I think leads to bigger hits on his body. But I think with, with Rashad white, like if you're playing in multiple leagues, I think you want to keep some exposure to white. If you have him in the off chance that like, well, one, the offense is just like competent or two, that he does get just like the full three down workload because he is the type of running back because there was some hype behind him. He's day two draft capital that if he does have that role and he's like producing some, that you could sell later for more, uh, like in season, right? Um, even if you don't really believe. But yeah, like it's it's just tough because, like I said, I really like the player, but I just hate everything that's happened with him since. He was really inefficient as a rookie. A lot of that can be blamed on the offensive line. I think they're starting to get healthy, trying to add to it, but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to be more efficient. The offensive line could still be bad. He could just end up being bad. Like the inefficiency just could be on his shoulders. Um, I think if you are going to move him, like it's, I think it's weird looking in the same range that he is in because you're 
probably sacrificing some production if you're moving off of it. Maybe you have a team that you're fine with that, that you don't really mind. But I think like if you, you can try and tear down, there's not as many options by like Antonio Gibson is someone who I think like could possibly approach the same type of production as Rashad White this year. It's he hopefully has that full receiving role for the the commanders. And he also has the contingent upside. I think happens to Brian Robinson. He could like take over the backfield, but tearing up like, I wonder how much, because this deal, like the DLF ADP, RB18, that's pretty high, right? Like how much yeah. does it take to tear up from him to like J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard? Like how much does that take? Is it a two? Is it a second to get one of those? Because I'll do that like in a second. Yeah, I think you know? it, it depends on the league, but probably a second. Uh, I think that's about right. I think for me, the move that, you know, you talked at the beginning about being win now and, and kind of going all in. I wonder if the move is to pivot pivot from Rashad White to a more win now option do you go mm-hmm. and, can you go and get Aaron Jones can you go and get sure. potentially Joe Mixon as a one-year flyer can you go and get you can probably get James Connor plus like oh yeah I, I like think, that one too and I think that they they're going to be in similar range of outcomes you know I think yeah. Joe Mixon's got potential to be a back-end RB1 I think Aaron Jones is going to be in that same conversation I think James Connor mm-hmm. is probably going to have a similar season to Rashad White but because he's four or five years older, however it is, and the fact that, right. you know, everybody's age obsessed in Dynasty, people are going to chase the youth of Rashad White. So you can get that added asset, you know. Could, could you maybe get James Conner in a second? I don't know if you could, but I'd certainly be asking the question. Yeah, I, I think that's a worthwhile ask. Yeah, and I think that it's just, for me, any running back that I don't see as going to be a superstar... I think this is going to be his peak value. So this is the point at which I'm looking to sell. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, I guess me, I'm grumpy. I don't like running back. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so we'll leave them behind. Um, if you're watching, if you're, uh, if you've not hit the thumbs up, please do so now. It really helps us, but also make sure you're subscribing. We've got so much more content coming. Tom is kicking off best ball season. He's got some live drafts with some incredible guests and I've got plenty more lined up for the coming weeks and months. So, we're going to go across to one of your picks now. DJ Moore feels like he's he's kind of always been the nearly man. Everybody talks about him as the darling, but never quite kind of got there with that leap production. Are you are you going to really hate on him now? <laughs> it hurts me because, like, I love DJ Moore. He's an amazing player. Like, all, everybody loves DJ Moore, right? Like, there's no people out there who, like, dislike him as a player because everyone realizes how talented he is. It's just he's always been in this rough situation. He's never had more than 12 and a half uh, PPR points per game in his career, despite all this talent, right? Because of the situation around him, always playing with terrible QBs. And I would say he's probably playing with the best QB of his career. I'm a Justin Fields fan. Uh, I think that Justin Fields can be a good passer in the NFL, but we have to recognize he is not there yet. Um, there are some encouraging things for Justin Fields as a passer, but we have to recognize he's he's not there yet. And then you look at the Bears offense last year, 377 pass attempts. The next closest were the Falcons with four, 415 lowest in the league, right? 2,219 passing yards last year. The next closest were the Falcons, of course, with almost uh, 2,700 yards. So you expect them to pass more than that, right? But how much? How much do they regress back to the mean in those passing attempts and, and pass rate? I don't know. Uh, because Justin Fields is someone who takes a lot of sacks, runs the ball a lot. Uh, it's just like DJ Moore could come in, have a 30% target share, and struggle to be a wide receiver too. 
Like that's a real possibility in the Bears offense. And he's now been league long enough where like we have to start thinking is the value going to start to decline at some point because he's he's ha- has held strong in his dynasty value like still looking you know wide receiver 21 wide receiver 22 in these two different marketplaces <sighs> i hate to say it but like i think it's time to move on from dj Moore. um i prefer like tearing up and down with him preferably down honestly like down to marquise brown in a plus sounds pretty good brandon Ayuk in a plus like can you do that uh, Jahan Dotson in a plus, maybe even like Amari Cooper, and you can get a good good plus on that. Um, and Amari Cooper is just outproducing it. Like these are players who are likely to outproduce it this year. Yeah, no, I I like it. I think that you know the the pass attempt thing. I know it's been beaten into the ground. I feel like everybody talks about it, but I don't think it gets understood enough. If the Bears had hundred and fifty percent more pass attempts this year than they did last year, they'd still be have finished 18th last year in pass attempts per yeah. game. 150% more pass attempts and they'd still be below average. Like that's that's yes, they're gonna pass more, but it doesn't matter. They're still gonna be a low pass volume offense. I think that for me, DJ Moore is the heir apparent to what I used to describe Terry McLaurin as in that DJ Moore is an incredibly talented wide receiver. I think he is a, you know, potentially elite NFL wide receiver. And people from a dynasty perspective overvalue him because they see that talent, but he never quite put the production on the field. You know, Terry McLaurin's been held up as a fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two for the last like four or five years, but has only ever put up back-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, fantasy numbers consistently. And that's basically where DJ Moore is. And I think that the move isn't necessarily a good thing for him because I I agree with you, I really like Justin Fields, but that offense has now got, you know, it's not a great receiving core, but he's got DJ Moore. He's got Chase Claypool, who they've spent the 30-second pick on. It's got Velis Jones that they spent a third-round pick on last year. It's got Darnell Mooney, who's in a, you know, contract year they've then got tyler scott who they spent a fourth round pick in this year there's there's mouths to feed and that's before i've even got cole Komet, the three running backs like i don't think dj moore's gonna be in a position where he's commanding like a 30 percent target share and that's the number he's gonna have to probably hit given this is going to be a low passing offense for him to put up the production to pay off those wide receiver two prices as you said, he's not getting younger. The age is starting to creep up. And it unless he puts up a top probably 15 season this year, that value is going to decline because people are going to realise, okay, now he's getting to the point and that age is starting to hit. So I think that, yeah, you know, I feel like I've said this for every player, but now might be the time to sell at, at peak value and, and you can get out of DJ Moore. I love the talk of, you know, the guys that you mentioned. I loved the Amari Cooper one. I think that he's potentially due for a bounce back. I wonder if you can go and get, maybe it's the wrong time, but Calvin Ridley, um, I think he's, people are starting to realise, oh yeah, Calvin Ridley's really good. Um, Maybe Deontay Johnson. I think he's primed for a breakout. You know, I talked about in the last episode significantly with Hannah. Um, 
I think he's he could be a, a sneaky kind of pivot from somebody like DJ Moore. So um, so yeah, some interesting options there, and and I think I, I kind of agree with you, quite frankly. I, you hit on something that's really good there for me. That like maybe like if he has a top fifteen, almost like fringe wide receiver one season, maybe he goes up in value, right? But like that means there are so many other outcomes where he only drops. Yeah, and that's the problem. Yeah, and and we're in a game of you know playing on those outcomes and taking for me the most likely scenario and the most likely scenario is is he's heading down which which to me says you you've got to get out now so the next guy this is i feel like he's been my punching bag all off season so i'm going to continue to to punch away and and kind of hate on him jared goff okay he you know the lions were everybody's second team they were the dream story last year ben johnson's a fantastic offensive coordinator um you know Jared Goff is the second coming and apparently he's going to be a superstar, but I just don't see it. I think that, you know, he's being held up as quarterback 19. That's a guy that you're basically saying in super flex drafts, this is a guy that I'm comfortable building around as my QB two. I'm not fully convinced that he's the starting quarterback next year for the Lions, let alone in 2025. His contracts ends up, is, expires after the 2024 season. For him to still be a starting quarterback in the NFL, they're going to have to pay him. And I just can't see a world where the Lions are saying, you know what, we're going to pay Jared Goff 30 million a year, 35, 40 million a year to be our franchise quarterback. I think it's a different thing when you've basically got given him for free from the Rams you potentially got extra draft capital to take on that contract. And I think that if the Lions are serious about becoming a true contender, they're going to need to go and find an answer at quarterback. And I just don't believe Jared Goff is that. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm a bit of a hater. I feel like I've talked about it a lot, but I would happily go and pivot to any of what I'm considering the kind of safer older back quarterbacks, whether that's, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Derek Carr. Hell, I'd even take a year or two of Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford over Jared Goff. I just don't think he's got that elite ceiling. I'm concerned he's not got the longevity. And I just think that this, it feels like he's being held up, but I'm not quite sure what's what's holding up his dynasty value. Are you, are you, a, are you a Goff Stan Wyatt or, or are you not? I'm not. Um, I'm like, sell a little bit. Um, I think he's a, more of a sell than anything because uh, he's being ranked ahead of people like Geno Smith, who I'd much rather have um, Russell Wilson, who could have a bounce back year players like that, where they have just like a much a, a higher ceiling. I think, I mean, we actually just saw it with Geno Smith. Like he legitimately has a higher ceiling than Jared Goff. I mean, last year, I think everybody would agree that Jared Goff had a very good year for Jared Goff. And he was 17.1 points per game. You know, it's just, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's good. Like it's fine. You know, you're, you would happy having that in your QB two in a lot of cases. Um, but like, that's, you're hoping for that again. And we're not sure we're going to get that again because he had a really good season for himself. It was his highest points per game since 2018. Um, and as you mentioned, I don't know how long he stays there starting QB. There's been plenty of talk about them trying to find a QB to replace him at some point, whether that's just 
people outside the organization talking about it or not. Like, it makes sense. There's reason for that talk to happen. They drafted Hennon Hooker. Um, what do you think about Hennon Hooker? You know, various person person. Uh, you know, I, I think that he is a player that played in a gimmicky offense, but the NFL saw a lot of traits in him, and NFL teams like tra- traits with their quarterbacks, right? Um, I'm not saying Hennon Hooker's going like, to take Jared Goff's job, but my point is that I think there is credence to the lines may be moving on from Jared Goff, possibly as soon as next year. I don't think it should be a surprise if that happens. So it's not someone I really want to be investing in. Like I, in my rankings, I don't have him that far behind these rankings, but that's mostly because like it gets real bad after that, yeah. <laughs> you know, in QB wise. So it's almost by default that he's like in my low twenties in my QB rankings. Um, but as you mentioned, there are, there are quarterbacks around him that I would just much rather have if I'm looking for a QB two to help me win. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, if, if you look at redraft ADP, okay, Geno Smith's ahead of him, Aaron Rodgers is ahead of him, Russell Wilson's ahead of him, okay? Those are three guys that we're saying we prefer, you know, the industry saying we prefer those three players to Jared Goff for 2023, okay? But Jared Goff doesn't have any better longevity than any of those guys, you know? Okay, Geno Smith's on a contract that could be moved on at the end of this year. Well, guess what? So is Jared Goff. Aaron yep. Rodgers could retire, could be moved on from the Jets at the end of this year. Well, so could Jared Goff. Like, Russell Wilson could be the same. Like, I don't get what you're saying as to have to have Jared Goff ahead of those three guys because we're saying we prefer them in redraft to Jared Goff. But in Dynasty, we prefer Jared Goff because he's younger. But he's younger, but doesn't have the security or the contract or the situation that means he's going to be playing longer. So for me, I just I, I feel like I've been banging my head against a brick wall all off season because I just I just don't see it with Jared Goff. Okay, he had this dream season where he finished his QB ten, but as you said, his actual per game production wasn't great. I just think that there was a lot of quarterbacks that didn't play a full seventeen games and and it meant that you know, if you played a whole season you were slightly buoyed in terms of where you finished in that end of season ranking as such. Yeah. I, I, I love you bringing up the 2023 season ADP too, like that, because I mean like place like underdog, you know, drafts have been going all off season and people want to say like, well, what's that have to do with dynasty? Right. But these are some of the sharpest players drafting these drafts now with money on the line for the 2023 season. And, and Jared Goff is behind these QBs. Okay. Like, that matters. That is the the industry, the marketplace telling you that's what we think of these QBs for this next season. And we don't want to look too far ahead, especially with QBs like this, as you mentioned, that it's a shorter window because we don't know their future after even possibly this year. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. We'll bring you on to another guy I've never understood, another guy that I feel like has been hyped up constantly. He's, it's it's Herb Smith. He's, I don't get his dynasty value. I don't get his redraft. I see that he's going in the top. I think he's tight end 17 in ADP at the moment in redraft. Talk to me about Herb Smith. Yeah, I mean, you know, like this is <laughs> it overly hyped. Nothing was ever really there. Basically, I think it's because he played at Alabama and ran a fast 40 time. Uh, but he's actually not even that athletic. He like only has the the kind of good forty time for his weight. 
Um, he's also 6'2", 240, which is like a section of tight ends that like just doesn't really exist for fantasy success. I know that like that is a little bit arbitrary. Like it's not something we really have to pay attention to too much, like that type type of thing. But it's it's true. Just like look up Titans who are six two two forty. Like it just don't exist in fantasy success. But anyways, back to some like real stuff. Um, he's been unproductive outside of four games to end the two thousand twenty season. Uh, then he missed the entire two thousand twenty one season with a torn M- MCL. He missed half of two thousand twenty two with a high ankle sprain. The Vikings just let him walk and would rather sign Josh Oliver to their team and he signs with the Bengals, and then the hype train starts to come right because now he's he's joe burrow's tight end but i mean look at what hayden hurst did last year it wasn't that good and i think it's very fair to say that hayden hurst is a better player than irv smith um and bringing back up underdog and as kind of as you mentioned like his adp is climbing right now in underdog which is wild like i i don't get it um i don't see how he's going to have that much actual production in that offense we know that it does not run through the tight end at all um he's like at best the fifth option on a weekly basis in the passing offense so yeah like it says here on the screen trade values a third sure absolutely i will i will re-roll irv smith for a third but like honestly like the thing that i would want be trying to do is try and trade him for uh like i don't know kate otten and and anything on top just like a draft pick whatever like just something like that uh jelani woods is another one like sure yeah i'm into that uh isaiah likely even um just any of these like young tight ends who like you can make a case for some potential especially like kadon like i think no one's really talking about like kadon is the starting tight end for the for the buccaneers but no one wants decent profile yeah. decent decent draft capital yep. decent landing spot <laughs> gonna, gonna have a role yeah Nobody talks yeah. about him. Yeah. 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 Uh, and like, as we mentioned earlier in the show, like that offense is probably going to be dreadful. But uh, if you're just like the third option on that team, like this isn't about K. Dotton, but he's a good target, <laughs> I think, for for if you're going to move down from Irv Smith, because I don't think you're tra- I don't think you're tearing up with Irv Smith. I think that's like an impossibility in your leagues. I'd be very surprised if someone's willing to tear down to Irv Smith. So I think you have to move backwards in 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 the rankings with it, and and those are the some some of the players I like. Yeah, no, I like it. I've I've got a quiz question for you here, Wyatt. So, Irv okay. Smith through his four year NFL career, how many times do you think he finished as a top ten tight end on a week? It has to be in that four game stretch to end two thousand twenty, and I think if I remember correctly, he scored in two games. So I'm going to say two. So it's, it's it's a little better than that. It's four. So he did, okay. he did it. He did it three times in 2020. Okay. Uh, and then once last year, where he was the tight end four. Um, in oh right, yeah. I think week I week that. two. Yeah, week two, where he he caught five balls and a touchdown. I mean, right. but let's be honest. Like anyone can finish as a top ten tight end. You basically just need yeah. a couple of catches and a touchdown, and that and yep. that's a top ten performance. And we're yep. saying he's done it four times through four seasons. <laughs> It's, it's and, and now and now he's going to be on an offense where he's going to sit behind jamar chase t higgins tyler boyd joe mixon in target share it's like mm, I, I i just don't see it and i think yeah. that yeah okay the bengals have uh, are kind of becoming this sort of you know es- escalator of average tight ends that they bring somebody in they have an okay year and they they spit them out but 
Yeah. That doesn't mean I particularly want him for, for fancy because given the fact he's going to be fifth option on the Bengals, yeah, he, he could. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Irv Smith, well, actually, I would be shocked if he stayed healthy all year. But if, a big if, Irv Smith stayed healthy all year, I wouldn't be shocked if he was a top 12 tight end. Okay. But that top 12 tight end production isn't going to come in, you know, eight to 10 points every single week. It's going to be zero, zero, or he might have got you two catches for 20 yards and then he'll get you four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. So it's like, oh, great. You could start him that yeah. week, but chances are because he did nothing in the last three, he sat yeah, on your bench. Like, yeah, fine. If, if you want to go and take a flyer on him in best ball because of the offense he's in, there's going to be some opportunities if he can stay on the field that he he will see targets, he will see red zone receptions, but I certainly have no idea when they're going to come because he's going to be fourth, fifth option, and he's going to basically have to feed off scraps. So I don't think you're ever going to feel comfortable to plug him into a starting lineup. So I agree with you. Yeah. I, I love the idea of going and getting, you know, one of those young flyer types that that you can go and get, you know, I'd, I'd love to go and get someone like Daniel Bellinger because I think that everybody's hyping up Darren Waller. Daniel mm -hmm. Bellinger showed out last year when he was on the field. I'm not convinced Darren Waller is going to stay healthy is the answer. And for how long? Exactly. Maybe you can get, you know, Bellinger plus. Um, maybe you can get K-Dotton and Bellinger. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I like the idea of um, of getting off him because I think, He's he's the perfect preseason hype man, isn't it? See, it feels like it happens every year, and he he's never delivered on the hype. Yeah, I have, I have a hard time envisioning a world in which you are just starting Irv Smith every week. So yeah. if and and we're saying like it's hard to envision him having a real ceiling of any kind at this point. So what's he doing on your roster? Like a tight end, I basically just want two types of players: the ones I know I can just play every week and feel comfortable about it, and these flyers who have possible potential and yeah i don't think irv smith is either of those no i think that's a great point he's he's a roster plugger let's be honest yeah. he's exactly that perfect well that that brings us to the end why so thank you ever so much for coming on it's been an absolute delight chatting through with you remind the people listening where where can they find you where can they uh they see your work i appreciate uh you having me this was a lot of fun uh it is way fun to uh, talk down about some players occasionally. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at YB underscore FF. You can basically find all of my content at jwbfantasyfootball.com. As you mentioned, though, I do some writing for uh, DLF and during the season you, and well, all year round, you can find my uh, rankings, you know, on fantasy pros. And um, yeah, it's if, if you're watching this right now on the channel and you're not subscribed, you should absolutely be doing that right now because uh, Rich and Tom are great. And I enjoy their content and uh, they're good people. So you should be subscribed. I greatly appreciate that, bud. And yeah, likewise, if you're not subscribed to the JWB guys, um, you know, they're doing some fantastic stuff over there. So make sure you give them a subscribe as well. We'll be back very soon with more content coming your way, but rest up, take care and we'll speak easy. Bye.